I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. The podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the only advice uh, podcast that uh, really doesn't care that much about the advice. Like we do, but it's for fun. So again, I say this almost every time, and if I don't say it every time, that's on me. But the show used to be called Advice from a Dipshit, so there you go. If you need actual clinical help, get it. I get it. I go to a therapist every couple weeks, uh, or Zoom with him, as the times demand. But, uh, you know, this is for fun. So if it helps, great. But you have to understand how we say the name of the show. This might help. I don't know. Will this make the party more fun? This acid? It might. I don't know. It's kind of like that. I have a, a, a hilarious comic on, a dude that I've been a fan of for a long time. Uh, he's been around uh, a little while. I won't say, like, I don't want I don't want to uh, uh, offend him and be like, he's been around a long time, like an idiot or anything. <laughs> but uh, uh, Pete Lee is here. Super funny hey. comic. How are you, Pete? Dude, wonderful. I'm also a big fan of yours. So this is, this is so cool. I... I feel like we have every mutual friend in the world. We've yes. played every single comedy club one week before or after <laughs> each other. Um, and then now we finally get to meet in the pandemic over Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think, I think maybe we've shared like two words or something. I don't even know. Maybe we were like at JFL at the same time or something. Yeah, or... I think I've like just said, hey man, love your stuff. I, I think I've done like a real quick, like, hey Bronger. And I, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I I can't tell you how many times I've been at a comedy club urinal where your poster is right in front of me. <laughs> and vice versa. And vice versa. They always, they that is always prime real estate for people that are at a show and they're peeing and they're like, oh, Pete Lee's coming next week. Yeah. Oh, honey, we should come next week. Yeah, like that's... <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a it's a really weird connection that I feel to you uh, through yeah. urinal stall advertising. It's it, it's a it's a brotherhood. It's a, it it's is, a fraternal order. You it know, it is a fraternal order. I love it. Yeah. I I absolutely love it. Uh, by the way, you and I have something in common. So uh, you've lost weight uh, mm -hmm. and like you've kept it off for a long time, right? And uh, I'd say yeah. yeah, I that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I lost weight, then I gained it back in the pandemic. Then now I've lost it again. Like, what did you do? To, now I'm interviewing you. What what no, did no. you do to to lose the weight? That's fine. You can we can always. It's this is not you know the the I, I always cite like my my least favorite one of my least favorite experiences at the beginning of the podcast phenomenon where remember every comedy club they just had like uh uh you know Jimmy you work the door do a podcast for us. And like this, this guy did it. And he just, he, just every question was like, so were you always wanting to be funny? And you're like, oh, what are we doing, man? Like, really? So it's like, we, we can do anything we want, man. All right. anything we want. So, uh, uh, you know, actually I did gain weight during the, during the pandemic because my wife was pregnant and I was just like, we're in this love together. You want ice cream every day? I want ice yeah. cream every day. Let's oh, do it. Yeah. And I definitely to be, be, I had a great moment yesterday because I had, uh, I got, I'm taping a special next year and I, I had these, you know, two shirts made cause you do two tapings mm -hmm. and I, I went to pick them up middle of the pandemic and a little tight <laughs> and they're like, do you want to have these let out? And they're not, I'm not wearing fucking skin tight, you know, maniac shirt or anything like that. Uh, but like, I was like, oh fuck. And then I just tried them on again and they fit great again. Oh. So it's like, I kind of, I went up and I'm pretty much kind of similar to you in terms of the pandemic. So I, I did exercise, but it was like, there was a point where my wife can only do so much. And I basically just like, was like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's fucking veg. You yeah. Know? When there's uh when there's food, like delicious food around too, like, yeah. Like if she's craving delicious food, you have to be, you have to be like a Buddhist monk to resist that temptation. Like, yeah. like I, uh, um, I'm now single, but uh, my ex who I'm good friends with, like when her and I first got together, it was like, I love you. I love you. Let's mm -hmm. eat. Like we just like, and she would order like food from that place called the pie hole. That was like, she'd oh, order yeah. like four different pies and be like, let's just taste all of them. And I'm like, that means that you're going to taste all of them. And I'm going to eat the rest of all of them. Cause I yes. can't, I can't resist. Yeah. I was watching that show 
last night, like, like I won't eat after a certain time. That's my thing. And I was watching that show physical on Apple TV with uh, Rose Byrne and uh, oh, Rory yeah. Scoville. Uh, Rory Scoville is really great in that, by the way. So is oh, Rose awesome. Byrne. But like, she's a food addict. So she keeps like going and eating this delicious food. And it was yeah. like 11.51 PM. And I was like, oh, I want to go get Taco Bell right now. Oh, I want to break my fast. Like, oh. That is, that is such, I, I will say, I remember, you know, we, you, you look back on, on time, things you did when you were younger that you can't ever do again, but you're like, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad yeah. I did it when I had that young metabolism and, and a young, strong heart. But like, I remember going to like this 24 hour supermarket and just buying shit food at like 11 PM, not drunk. And then going home and just eating it. And, yeah. being like, and like the thought of that now was like, no, you'll die. You'll die yeah. in your sleep. If You're you going to, because you hear about guys that are like in their 30s, 40s that just have heart attacks and stuff. And I don't want to be that guy. No. And so I'm trying, and like diet is essential to that. I still yeah. probably drink a little more whiskey than I should, but, uh, you know, at least diet is corrected. I, yeah. I did, I did something the other night. Um, I, so like I'll allow myself like two squares of like a Hershey bar, right? Nice. And like, like literally like just a sweet bite and then I'm good. And Great. so I went into the fridge and, um, uh, and like I said, my, my ex just moved out she got her own place, but there's still a lot of stuff in the house of hers. Right. Including, right. uh, she had in the butter, you know, the little butter garage door, um, <laughs> yeah, as it's known. <laughs> yeah. There, there were some chocolates in there and I was like, Oh good. I can just have two squares of these. And then about 45 minutes later, my face started to tingle and stuff started to get weird. And I was like, oh, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> so I texted her and I was like, hey, uh, I know we're trying not to reach out too much right now, but um, uh, the chocolates in the butter garage door, are those special chocolates? And she was like, oh, yeah. And they're really strong. Uh, so I was like, just un like unwittingly tripping balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just tripping so hard and I've also never really tripped before like I've just microdosed or maybe oh, whatever and so I was just blown away and then I uh, I took it like I just took an Ambien and then I went to sleep and I had the craziest dreams uh, okay and then yeah yeah I mean well <laughs> first off you gotta you gotta make you gotta say that, that story on stage because, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just it's the it's the I, I I love when you're like you the there's a there's a there's a there's a setup there and you know whatever's coming next is is ridiculous. Uh huh. Like it's like um, you know Bill Burr's bit about the dude who who took one helicopter lesson to jump out of the helicopter, and he and they're up. With, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they they go in this they go up in the sky and the, and the guy's like steering it. The guy the instructor's like, okay, so uh, off to the left, uh, San Andreas uh, Mountains. Put your seatbelt on, sir. Uh, you know what's gonna happen <laughs> so so it's like as the fact that you took it and your face is tingling i just love that it was like all you wanted was your daily treat i just like, wanted a little I'm treat. Feeling good i just want my two little squares yeah like you took two squares that's that's incredible that it, that that uh, uh discipline is incredible but it's like i'm i don't think i'm that good all the time but i do need that where it's like i need something sweet yeah i don't care if it's small I mean, I used to take like, I'll just have a spoonful of maple syrup done mm -hmm. at my dessert. Good. You know, I just had a taste. I had a taste of something, ta of something tasty, something sweet. But it's like you had, all you wanted was your little bit of sugar hit. And then just like, oh, fuck. Like you just, <laughs> you, your, your face stretched out like eight feet and went down through a tunnel. And yeah, your body's like, still in a chair. Like reality started to go like concave, like, and then it would snap back. And I was like, oh, okay. Which is crazy because like two two squares, just like you said, that that's like, wow, this guy has a lot of self-control. But if you yeah. had a friend that ate two squares at a party, you'd be like, you're a maniac. <laughs> Like, like you are insane. What are you doing? You've and like it's it's and it's that guy that already has liquid courage. You know, like rule number one: never take psychedelics when you're already drunk. Uh -huh. so he's, he's already had like a couple strong cocktails, and he's forgotten. You yeah, know, he's like it's it's fine. I haven't had anything, and he swallows it, and then it, then he remembers that he he yeah. killed half a handle bottle on the on the way over, and like oh, oh. no. 
Yeah, and I have I, the parrot that I showed you when we first got on the Zoom. Um, yes. uh, her name's Alex, and she learns how, like, she learns words in whatever voice they're taught to her in. Oh. Um, and so every single morning, she wants me to open up her curtain so that she can look out at the like the hill with the palm tree behind my house. Oh, and, cool. Um, uh, and but so in my voice, she goes, "Hi, hello, hello, hi, hi, hello, hi, hi," Whoa. and. So I woke up at like the sun came up. I think it was like at like 615 that next morning. So I'm still sort of tripping because I, I like slept it off and I wake up on mushrooms to my voice going, hi, hello, hi, hi, hello, hi, hi. And I was like, this is too much. This is way too much. And then and when I open the button, that's the button, that's the button. But yeah, so it's it was a it was a wild, unexpected uh, Tuesday night trip. Or actually, no, that was Monday night. That wasn't last night. That was Monday night that that. Oh happened. my God! I love that. That just that just happened. It Jesus just happened. Christ. Yeah, Pete Lee, edgy extreme guy. You're all you just got just new new crazy shit. New crazy new crazy you, shit. You uh uh you you've been on, we've we've established we've both been on the road a long time. You know, a mm -hmm. good amount of time. You know, not not enough to get jaded and shitty and, and be mean to younger comics or anything, but just like, you know, you still you like you always struck me as still like a guy who's who's grateful, which I always try to be where I'm just like, I'm I, I still remember when I was a waiter and I was like, I hate I have to do the Monday lunch shift and I'm going to make yeah. thirty dollars and, and it costs four dollars to get there on the bus. You know, like this is what is this? This is stupid. What is this life? So it's like I always think of that and go, all right, even if it's it's going to be, you know, a late show and everyone's hammered or whatever. You know, uh, 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 but I was thinking about this today. I want to ask you, like, let's let's talk morning radio, which oh. it's not always terrible. <laughs> I mean, a lot like I've I feel because my my barometer is so low, I get pleasantly surprised almost every time, uh -huh. mostly because almost all of it got wiped out, mm -hmm. uh, and like play like since iHeartRadio took it all over, they're just like, what can we cut? Oh, interviews with comedians? We won't make any money off that. That's a favor to them? No. You know, yeah. so it's only shows like Bob and Tom that still have comics on and stuff because they can, because they have they have uh leverage. Yeah. But like, um, um, what's I, I remember I'll 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 tell you a quick one and then you tell me one. Uh yeah. one, just like an experience where you're like, ah, oh, come on. Uh my thing has always been like if you go to my Wikipedia, and I need to change it, but it's like it has a list of all the so all the impressions I did when I was on Mad TV. And I was on Mad TV for one season. Uh-huh. And you know, the last season. And uh it it I I was one of two white males. So I had mm -hmm. a lot of pop culture ground to cover. So <laughs> if, if the guy was tall, I would do him. You know, Charlie Sheen. I look nothing like him. Great. John John Mayer. Great. Bronger. Like what? I was like 30 pounds heavier. Like, no, like fat John Mayer. So uh, uh, it's a list. And this guy, I guess he must have, like, uh, you're the guy who's supposed to go, get you ready and prepped. He's like, all right, so he has a list. He's like, these are all the impressions we want you to do on the air. And I'm like, oh, oh, I don't do any impressions, man. And he's like, no, yeah, you're on Mad TV. I was like, yeah, but I just kind of did these, my best. I would watch, like, they'd tell me to sketch and I'd watch the, this dude for like a couple days, like of tape <laughs> and then fucking shoot from the hip. I'm not terrible, but you know, not Rich Little or something. Yeah. And or Dana Carvey. Mm -hmm. And uh he got furious. And we're we're walking in to the guy. And like, oh, next up we have a uh, funny man, Matt Bronger. You'll see him all weekend. And, like I hear the guy in the next room. And this guy's like, no, like he's like he's like stopping me, like, you have to do him. And I'm like, no, man, I just don't. I'll explain it. We'll have a big laugh. It's no big deal. And this dude is like, it as if it's like I'm embarrassing him. And he finally uh -huh. Well, Wikipedia says, and I'm like, you know, anyone can write anything on that thing, man. As if that's that's like a a, a court document. Here it is. You were arrested, convicted. You know, like yeah, you. Like that. And it, and it ended up being the the DJ thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It would was so much better than if I got on there and did impressions and stuff. And like, you know, we fucking vibed and gave away some tickets and stuff. So it was a, it was great. But it was the weird it was the weirdest thing having this dude stop me on the way in. As if I'm wow. like, as if, as if I was like, no, no, I thought I would just show him my balls. Can, I thought I'd just take my balls out. I just got a new tattoo. I think he'll think it's great. 
like something that nobody wants. It was just like, ah. Oh. That's so funny because, yeah, there always is that that like intern or producer at the radio station that has been there for either 12 years or two weeks. It, like there's no <laughs> in between. That person has either had the longest tenure there or they have no idea what's going on. And usually, yeah. you know, like like the radio DJs, that's the kind of that's kind of the guy that's, you know, their whipping boy. And so that guy probably like did like maybe the day before. Uh, a guest came in and he didn't give them the proper research on them. And sure. then so like everything was riding on this. I bet, I bet that's why he was like, so oh, intense yeah. about like, I no, 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 totally. him. I gave these guys lead-ins about like Charlie Sheen and John Mayer. And this guy was going to, yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. That, uh, I, uh, I don't know if you ever, like you've been to Appleton, Wisconsin to the skyline. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Love, love that club. Love that yeah. club. Um, and uh, Cliff was great. Who owned it? The new family that owns it, that owns Tacoma Comedy Club. They're amazing. Totally. Um, but they're back in the the days when Cliff owned it. There was this uh, radio DJ couple, and I don't know if you ever had to go on with them, but it was <sighs> like it was like Dale and Diane in the morning, or some something okay. like that. But they I were think maybe maybe yeah. They were like married to each other. They're yes. not anymore. And oh. like in the midst of like the start of their separation, they still had to be on the air. And so you you would walk in the studio and like the door would open like, and it'd be like, I don't know, Diane. I, I just, I don't know. I, it doesn't, does it matter right now, Diane? Yes, it matters, Dale. It, it definitely matters. It matters to me. And that's why oh. you don't, that's why we're separating. And I'm like, oh boy, okay. And it's the smallest studio in the world, like like, yeah. like a broom closet kind of a studio. Yes. And because they're not a huge station, you know, right. in the Green Bay, Appleton, Fox Valley area. Sure. And and so you're just in this like like you can just feel the aura of how much they hate each other in this yeah. thing. And then they're bickering with each other and like not even acknowledging me. And then it's like, and we're back. We have Pete Lee on the line. And Dale and Diane are like, ha, 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 ha. everything I say, ha, 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 ha. all right, we're going to go to commercial. And then it's like, like Katy Perry's like, baby, you're a firework. And then they're like, now quit stepping on me while I'm talking, Dale. And I, <laughs> and I was like, this is the worst. This is the worst thing ever. And I'm also, uh, like, I, I love that your podcast is called this might help. Cause like, I'm a helper and I always want to help. And I remember just standing right. there breathing their hate air going, I can't help. I can't help with any yeah. of this right now. No, I'm, I'm, I will always be that person. Who's like, let me just diffuse this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, not that I, I feel this fucking need to be a, you know, a savior. That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. I just recognize the fact like the more you try to help out, the more it'll be better for all of us, including me. Mm -hmm. It's a selfish thing for me to help somebody else. That's how I see it, you know? Because it feels uh, so good. Like, yeah, it, it, it feels good, but it's also, it just helps the fucking atmosphere if everyone's not mm -hmm. all tense and angry at each other, you know? Um, but like, yeah, that, there are those times where you're just like, band, uh, that's, I guess you gotta, just, just like, a, 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 just change, change dealers. I'm walking just out. change dealers and... I I I have another story about uh, that just relates to TV shows. So you were on Mad TV. I was on right. Best Week Ever on VH1. The right. the second uh, version of it, like the 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 Saved by the Bell, the college years of VH1's ah. Best Week Ever. <laughs> so it was the version of it that nobody watched, okay. and. Uh, um, we had this producer uh, named Carla, uh, who is really awesome. She's still a good friend of mine. Mm. Um, but she would be like, uh, she'd come in and she'd be like, hey, Pete, uh, I need you to play John Mayer's penis. And I'd be like, what? We uh, like we and like, I, I don't know, like, I, I like like I wrote for the show and I was on the show. And so like, we'd write this amazing sketch about whatever. And then it would yeah. get cut because John Mayer, you know, like he he said that that quote in Playboy about how his penis prefers white women. And then everybody was like, John Mayer's penis is, is racist. And right. so the next thing I know, I'm in a green screen studio in a bachelorette party dick costume, uh, like an inflatable penis costume being like, 
hey, I'm John Mayer's penis and like reading off a teleprompter. Uh, fast forward, you know, several years to it was actually like two years ago. I'm having dinner with Nikki Glazer at the Comedy Cellar and then John Mayer walks in and she's friends with him and he sits down and the whole time we're talking like we're, we're just like like really having a great time with each other. And he was like, dude, you look familiar to me. And I was like, well, I'm a comic, you know, I've been around. And then uh, finally he was like, no, I, what is, I was like, I played your penis on VH1 for like a whole season and it was your racist penis. And I'm so sorry. And he's like, that's what it is. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I remember seeing that and feeling really hurt by it because he's like, I'm obviously not cool. racist. Yeah. Um, He's like, my penis is not racist. And he's like, I remember just seeing that going like, this is so ridiculous. Like, he's like, I hated, he's like, I think I hated you for a while. And I was yeah. like, as a fan, that means the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you knew me enough to hate me. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm not that guy. It was the producer's idea. I just was trying to get a paycheck and I'm so totally. sorry. And oh yeah, dude. I, when I, when I played him, I mean the song, I did versions of his songs. I had to go sing them and they're like a note or two off. They wouldn't get sued. And every song is about a different actual woman, famous woman that he had sex with. Uh -huh. Like, so I'm, I'm not really only being shitty him. I'm being, <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning women's names. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a fucking job, man. You know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, to be fair, anytime I went on like Chelsea lately, it would be like, here, here's the topics. And it's like Lindsay Lohan had a no, had an overdose. And it's like, I would never go in. I would uh -huh. never go. What's wrong with this person? It's like when they, when they, when they caught uh, Bruno Mars with like, like cocaine or something, co cocaine and that, and, and that was it. Like no booze, no weed. I'm like, you're fucking up the order, man. It's, it's booze, <laughs> weed, coke's way down the list, man. You're. You're going too fast, man. You know, like kind of just being like, hey, buddy, rather than being like, look at this shithead. Because it's just like, I don't want to judge, but that's so that you're like, you're like a filmmaker that made a movie. And you're like, I just I want an emotional response. Love me or hate me. I that's all I it's art. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's cool that you guys had that moment, man, that you had like that interaction and not to be, a you know, this is this show is not for diagnosis or anything, but. A couple uh, years ago, he was in an interview and he was just like, he's like, you know, I like marijuana. He's like, I, he's like, I think I'm done with alcohol because I don't, he's like, I don't really know like how much is, is enough and things like mm -hmm. that. And then you go, oh, wait, because he said some wild shit in interviews, you know, yep. stuff that you're just like using the N word and like, you know, his penis is racist. And it's just, obviously he was just trying to be funny, but, and like, you know, saying like all kinds of shit. And you're like, oh, were you just, were you like drinking a lot and in these interviews? Cause we've all been under the influence of booze, which makes you do the dumbest shit always. Yeah. You know, and you because you're way too comfortable and you think mm -hmm. everyone's your friend, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. That was just booze. <laughs> it was just the booze. I mean, booze makes you a liar. Like, like yeah. you just tell dumb lies when you're drunk. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. Like, I mean, think about all the men that are at a bar that they'll just be like, yeah, I'm single. And it's like, dude, you're not single at all, Brad. Like you're like the, the whiskey is like, you're single. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and just the, 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 the age old classic is talking to the, the hot cocktail server. And he's like, you know, my wife doesn't understand me. No, man. She understands you really well, Harry, like really well. She knows yeah. you on a, on a cellular level. And that's yeah. what fucks with you. You just want another woman to fool because you weren't yourself mm -hmm. when you married her. And then the real you came out and she was like, oh, damn it. I married you. You suck. That's what happened. <laughs> like <laughs> a way worse lie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That that woman knows him so well. Like she knows oh, wow. what he's up to. She's actually bored by like like the stuff that he thinks that he's hiding from her. She's bored by it. Oh, you know? it, like, it, it's like, I feel like this stuff, if I was to hide shit from my wife, it would be like hiding hiding Christmas gifts from my 15-year-old kid if I had one. You're like, mm -hmm. this kid knows what they're getting. They yeah. found it. They found it, rewrapped it better than me. I didn't notice. It's still exactly where I left it. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be a surprise. Nope. This kid knows what they're getting. They found my, 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 my secret stash of presents that Santa is bringing you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way what's on your t-shirt i keep is that a cloud 
It's a, it's a, it, Renee asked me about this too. It's a, it's a guy with his head in the clouds trying to look at his watch. It's like this, my wife got it for me. It's this, uh, uh oh, I'm going to screw it up, but it's this British company that does these like limited edition t-shirts and she liked that thing and she just got it for me. So that's you know. so rad. That's, yeah, that's uh, kind of neat. That's a great, like you could almost get that as a tattoo and it'd be something that people would go. That is so cool. Yeah, it w I feel like a drunk business person would be like in a bar and see it on your arm and be like, fuck, that's my life, man. <laughs> you know, I work in marketing and I hate it. And, um, you know. <laughs> it's funny that you when you uh, say that, uh, I remember I was in Spokane, Washington. This was right before the shutdown. And yeah. it was just like a bar full of like douchey like businessmen that just got done with like a golf day and oh, I, I was thinking nice. about that uh that chain smoker song where they're like like uh now she's looking pretty in the hotel bar you know like they're wow. coming it's the couple that's coming back together and yeah. they're in this hotel bar and it's all romantic and all i could picture was like them having this romantic drunk moment next to like these asshole businessmen that just got done with a golf trip <laughs> like hotel bars are never romantic it's, no it, they're just filled with trash oh yeah it if I'm on the road, it's like, let me just go anywhere else. If I want to go have like a quiet drink, I'll find something far away from the hotel and the, and the venue, mm -hmm. you know, and just have my little one or two and walk home. But like, that is just the worst when you're in the, in the hotel and just some bunch of those guys are just like, I mean, what, what do you think? No, look, cause we're talking to, oh, no, no, please, please. Please don't draw me in to your tractor beam of toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What do you think? That never is followed by like a really deep intellectual question that you're like, oh, finally, I get to feel something like this. You know, yeah. it's, it's always. When, when did you think you reached a level of emotional development where you felt you understood your mistakes, but you were able to forgive yourself within reason? When, when was that for you? You'd be like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Are you serious? You yeah. Guys are, all right. I, it's always surprised. it's always a conversation that if a stranger even heard you being a part of their conversation, you'd be canceled. Like in uh -huh. our culture, it's just yeah, like you're just the, listening. The, yeah, you're like I can't even yeah. respond to this. I, yeah. I, What's had... the perfect size for boobs? Oh man, <laughs> why? Why are you asking me this question, dude? You're you're a terrible human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Women in the workforce, right? No, right. Yeah. Right. No. I, right. I love. I love. I, I know I've said this in the podcast, but like I, I collect uh, in my mind, not to say obviously, but like other comedians' openers. I love them. You know, oh, like, yeah. well, someone can come on stage and just, it just get you. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Kyle had one in Chicago. Kyle Canadian had one in Chicago where he, he'd jump on stage and just yell, "Women drivers." <laughs> Last I checked, cars don't make supper. Off the road, ladies. So stupid. But just, he would yell it with such disdain that it's just like the dumbest, like, what? It oh, that's so funny. That it, is so I mean, it makes, it, it's like one of those ones I just, I will just say it out loud because he's just. It's <laughs> just a beautiful non sequitur where you're yeah. like, of course, well, because like, like it's most comics get up on stage. You're like, ah, I hope they're going to like me. And like, I hope this opening line goes well. And that's just like a complete disregard for like, I yeah. don't care at all. If it, like what the, I don't care at all what my opening line is. I'm just going to go out oh. and charge hard into women. That, that's a, I, I appreciate the fucking both barrels of, of idiocy of that. Mm -hmm. And like the one other one I've, I've said a lot is, um, uh, Burke, first time I saw Burt Kreischer ran out on stage and went, um, and it was all a beautiful audience. It was like a Dane Cook show when I first moved to LA and it's all beautiful people and a lot of pretty women. And he comes out on stage and just, it's like, just like, oh, I just took a shit so messy. I had to wipe my legs. How are you guys? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, but they're laughing. They're laughing and they don't want to be laughing. You can see very proper people going like, man, you know, but he got them. And it was just like, oh, wait, I just... It just like gambling the heart eight and it, and it hits. It was so That's good. That's so funny. The uh, man, I would have loved to have been around Hollywood in that era of Dane Cook 
because like uh you know i met him in new york in that area like i remember he oh, was yeah. he was headlining or headlining he was playing madison square garden yeah. and then he, he popped he was popping by all the comedy clubs early in the week to like run his set and i remember i met him and he was he's the coolest guy in the universe mm -hmm. at that time you know yeah. and uh and a friend of mine was like hey pete uh you know hey this is my friend pete and he goes dane and uh and i go dan <laughs> and he's like no dane and i was like dane okay dane not dan okay like i was just trying to i was just trying to be a comic that was just like playing a game or fucking with him a little bit and he looked at me like i did not appreciate that game whatsoever oh yeah and, and since then you know like now living in la for three years i've spent a lot of time around him and he's he's a really sweet guy i like i like him a lot it, it, well, it's like, I feel like, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's a nice dude. I, I feel like it's, it's, I remember being around a bunch of comics that were all working and they were all talking mm -hmm. about jobs they'd just gotten, you know, like I'm in this sitcom I'm oh, I just sold this and we're in a circle. And it was like, I just moved to LA and I was like, I was like, yeah, Colin Farrell dropped out. So I got the lead in Alexander too. So, <laughs> and I just was, I deadpanned it so hard. They were like, oh, he's. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it was just like, it was such a fuck you from them. But it was like, yeah, at the same time, I kind of did mess the flow up with my dumb joke. And like, you know, but, oh, I don't give a shit. Fuck them. Yeah. But it was like, it was, I get why I got that reaction. I was just trying to be kind of a smart ass. Because I was, part of me was like, doesn't this feel surreal that you guys are all talking about your sweet, sweet gigs you have coming up? Like, matter of factly. And I just feel like, uh even now, if I'm talking to comic buddies of mine and we're like, some one of us is like, oh, fuck, I got this. I'm really excited. You know, it's like, yeah. that's cool. You know, like, it's we're still kind of kids about it. Not kind of like, yeah, so that's probably, probably getting a second season, which is, yeah, it's nice, you know, and like. Yeah, you know, it's <sighs> a paycheck. It's, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the that group of people not having, like, any realization of what it felt like to not be in that position is yeah. that that's really the hilarious game of the whole thing. And the fact that like you started, you like started that game in the circle and they should have played along with it. Like uh -huh. they, that would have been really funny. It just, I, it also sounds like if they're a bunch of guys that are in the circle talking about all their accomplishments, it's like a fragile ego circuit oh, exactly. circle. So like you literally just like called out their fragile egos and Maybe. they probably couldn't handle it. But. Maybe a little bit. One of my favorite all time, just anything showbiz memories was my wife. It, my wife's a manager and uh, that's how we met. She like discovered me and we ended up having sex and she was with someone. So we basically had like an on again, off again kind of affair that ended up being a good thing. And we don't work together anymore and we're married. So she repped a guy who was uh, on uh, Saturday Night Live at the time. And I went mm -hmm. with her and I was just in New York doing shows and uh, the, the Anchorman guys were there. They were promoting Anchorman 2. And they were going to do a bit where it's all of them and they're talking to One Direction. And they're like, we're the new One Direction. That was like a bit. <laughs> and David Koechner and I know each other from Chicago. So David sees me in the hallway and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, who's this? You know, macking on my, on my wife, like joking. joking. And, and uh, we just go, he's like, come to my dressing room. Don't, none of that green room bullshit. Come in my room. And, you know, hang out with the guys. And he's like, he's like, Do you know, Will? And I'm like, I've never met Will. And he, we're all, he's like, hey, man. And I met Will Ferrell and we're all like in a circle. And people start talking around us. And I was like, so what are you guys going to do? And he's like, oh, it's with the thing with One Direction. And he, by the way, he's dressed in full rotten burgundy regalia. Uh-huh. And uh, he's, it's, he told me the bit. And I was like, and we, and I started going, and I was just, I did like the same thing I did with those guys. But it was like, well, you know, there's that one member of One Direction that, not the most attractive. And he's like, Darren, like makes a name up. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and Will's like the asthma, he's the asthma. He can't do the dance moves. His voice isn't, he's like, he doesn't have a strong voice. And we just kept, we just want, we just yes. And at each other about this guy that they love him. He's in the group, but they don't let him do the numbers and they don't let him sing much. Oh, but he, so he's official, but he comes to all the shows <laughs> and he's very overweight. And it's like, <laughs> Like this is one guy in one direction that like that and like we're talking we're talking about like and, and the producers hate him and the, you know the 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 all their managers hate him and like this one guy that everyone who everyone who's making money off One Direction is like you have to fire Darren you I'm he's not in the group and they're like nope he's in the group Mike you know like 
will not fire him. <laughs> and it was like the and no one heard us but just me and him and it was like that's why he's the coolest guy because he just that's... played a game with a stranger you know yeah and in that a dressing room and Will Ferrell did that because he loves comedy. And he was like, oh, this guy knows yeah. how to play. This guy knows how to play games. And and he's going to riff yeah. with me. Um, I told this story on a different podcast uh, earlier this week. Sorry, I'm cheating on you with another podcast. But uh, please, I, it's fine. I understand. Yeah. Kevin Nealon, uh, he plays this game with, for the last three years that I've been in L.A. And I, I met him at a show that I was on on the improv. We really got along, uh, hung out in the bar. But ever since he saw me, like he saw me like one show later, uh, he'll do this thing where he'll if I'm sitting down uh, like, you know, that little booth in the improv where the comics can sit in where your knees don't really even fit into the table. Uh, if you're sitting there, <laughs> uh, Kevin Nealon will just walk up and stand in front of me and watch the show. And then yeah, maybe yeah, like six foot six, Kevin Nealon, <laughs> six foot six, huge man. And then he'll he'll turn around and go, oh, oh, my. I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I was standing in front of you. I'm very sorry. I, I'm so sorry. And uh, and this has been a game that he's been and I'm like, no problem. It's it was not a problem at all. I'm like I my part is always like, no, it's just it. Um, I mean, it I was I could see the show, but then I got to listen to it and that felt a little better. Uh, so it actually you did me a favor because uh, I got to use all my senses. And uh, but so and then like later on that week, I was at the comedy store and I'm standing in the back of the main room or on like the side of the main room. He just comes and stands right in front of me. And uh, and he just does it anywhere that we're at, like within the pandemic, uh, we were doing that Magic Castle show and I'm standing yeah. right there to go on stage and he just stands right in front of me. So I can't even see the back of the stage. And it's just it, like it's kind of it's fun. Like, it's really fun when you get it's so to stupid and it's it's a yeah. It's, it, it's such a great connection. It's, I, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a huge compliment to get to riff with legends. And that, that's yeah. like the best part of this business is getting yeah. to be friends with your idols and then getting to joke around with them. Yeah, having little inside jokes, you know. Uh, uh, a, 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 a guy I know was on a movie with Billy, Billy Bob Thornton and he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd say to the director, like, he's taking all my best lines, this asshole. Like, and, you know, my friend was like, oh my God. He's he's making fun of me, you know. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I will I will we'll start the calls, but oh, yeah. I want to real real quick. I have a, a version of that of the Neilan bit that like, uh, I miss you know Jeff Scott the comedy store the p the piano player who uh, passed yeah. away in the pandemic sadly he was the best incredible man uh, older guy uh, very funny flaming gay great piano <laughs> player. Uh, and, and he, he almost every time I, I played this, the comedy show, which is about once a week, mm -hmm. he would, I would come in, you know, I'd check in, I'm here, you know, they're like, all right, you're on in two people or whatever. And Jeff is like, someone's on stage. Cause Jeff would, for people listening, he would play you on and play you off. Um, he would run over to me, drink in hand and be like, oh, good to see you. You're not going up tonight. Right. <laughs> almost every time. <laughs> Just, just cut you off at the knees. Just, just like kill your confidence in the funniest fucking way. Just like no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do tonight. I don't think you're like this. Kind of like I don't think you're up to it. Kind of thing. Like without saying those words, and then we'd just laugh and laugh and laugh and walk away. And it was like it always made me just like the fact that I will never get that again. It really makes me sad. You know, he was such a great dude. That's so beautiful because we've. We've all had those times where like a friend set us up with a guest set at a comedy club and you're kind of new there and you walk yeah. in and then the manager's like, yeah, I don't have you on the list. And you're like, but I, 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 I have six friends here that bought tickets and I can't not go up. And, um, and so, and the, also the comedy store is one of those places that's so legendary that every single time you walk in there, you feel like, I feel like I have imposter syndrome, you know, I'm like, sure. I shouldn't be here. I right. don't like, uh, and, uh, and then when you're killing on stage, you're like, I should be here. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, it's always that when you do, when you have a, 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 like a hot set, that's always the best drive home. You're just like, oh, sailing yeah. takes me away. You're just like, yeah. oh, it's like the best. <laughs> best feeling okay so just just uh, we, we have three calls for you um, okay and me we have three calls you and me so okay. i never listen to him that's how the show rocks um renee listens to him 
he chooses he, he cherry picks us ones so don't know you know we might have got three calls or might have got 30 i don't know but like i don't listen to him so perfect ready for the first call I'm definitely ready for this. I I can't wait to hear if I recognize the voices because I put it up right. on my Instagram and I feel like a lot of my friends and like, I feel like I don't have any fans. I have friends because I just make friends with all of them. That's pretty sweet. It's so pretty, we'll, a pretty great gig. We'll play a, right. a voice recognition game. Let's, let's check it out. Here we go. Hey, Matt, this is Michelle from Morro Bay, California. I was just wondering... Is it wrong to give cards to my friends that say get better soon when they're not really sick? I just want them to do better at work. Let me know, dude. Appreciate it. Love you. You're hilarious. Have a great day. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. The timing on that was perfect. Jesus like, Christ. If that, I was... If I would have had to leave a voicemail like that, I would have had to record it eight times. That's how funny and her timing was for that. that yeah, was great. This person drives a big rig and is hot on the CB radio or something, or 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 is it a DJ? Or it was like boom, boom, one take. We're we're in, we're out. Uh, what was her name from Morro Bay? It was Michelle from Michelle. Uh, Michelle. Michelle. Here's just by her her uh, brassy voice. I think that Michelle. Uh, either is or was a fan of the cigarette. I feel like Michelle is that lady at the bar that has the mustache tattooed on her finger so she yes. can do this, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, think, I think Michelle is a Michelle is an, is an attractive party mom, and I and I, and I mean that not I'm not call, not an alcoholic, but just like no has a have, has a good time within reason, you know, uh, and uh, and God, that is that's a funny bit. That's a to funny give bit. Someone a, 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 a get well soon. Like you're not you're not doing well at work. All right, you're not doing well. <laughs> you're not. So you need to get well. You need to get up to snuff, or you're getting fired soon. See, soon. There's, there's even a an, an inferred time frame or a, a stated time frame. Soon. It needs to be soon, man, because you are not this well. Is a, this, this is a business, and you're fucking up. We don't have time for this. Okay, you need to. Get, you're, you're I just love like well. all of us have something physically wrong with us. Uh, you know, yeah. um, like, like there's a saying that like all of us leave the every single time one of us leaves the house, there's one thing that we're hoping nobody sees, but everybody sees it. So if somebody right. handed me a get well soon card, I'd be like, oh, God, they oh, they know they know about my <sighs> double chin. They know about this right here. They, <laughs> oh, I need to get well. Right. <laughs> Yeah, or, or like 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 uh, you, you, you've forgotten about your own mental illness. You're just like this is like the worst version of Memento ever. Did I forget? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you don't remember. You're not supposed to leave the house legally, man. You you crashed the car, and thank Christ, no one was killed. You were not drinking, but you just you've been deemed to have the mental facilities of a child. So you stay so in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my worst fear would be someone recognizing or somebody being at a party and then somebody recognizing my mental illness, like somebody just walking up to me and going, Hey, um, everybody, you think you're hiding it, but everybody can see your anxiety. All right. Take care. I would, I would cry right there at the party. Oh. Just wait, what? I thought I was hiding it so well today. No, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I would, I would cry, but then I would go out the back of the house and pick up like a skillet and go around the front and wait for that guy until he came out. I'm just like, you, you're not, you're not walking around after saying that to my face. You say that behind yeah. my back. God damn it. Let's like give you some fight or flight, Roger. I don't that's know. What what I, I, I said, I, I, I always, that's always like felt, you know, when you do like a late night set and you're happy with it. And then the next day there's comments on your Facebook or anything, but it's like, you suck, man, or whatever it was. There's always, there, I feel like that, that was mostly in the, in the days of MySpace when the mm -hmm. anonymous poster, but I had a guy go after me like so hard. It was like an older guy who grew up worshiping the night show. And he, you know, he hated my set, even though I did great. And like, I looked, I just spent like 20 minutes looking at his family pictures. He's like a grandfather looked like a nice guy. Like all his grandkids is like, how, how did I ever get so lucky? You know, shit like that. And he's just like, whoa, swing and a miss. All baseball metaphors. <laughs> you were up at bases loaded, home, you know, this is your time. You lost the World Series. Like, dude, 
Like so cruel. And I'm just like, why would you share that? Just have that feeling. Why would yeah. you share that with someone? Did you have a lot of whiskeys? Yeah. What, up, yeah. Up is, is this like an ambient post? Uh, why, why would anybody just share poison like that? Uh, oh. yeah, it, it, it's, um, I, I had this lady that, uh, um, it was really funny. I it was on Facebook after my, I think, I think it was the second tonight show that I did. And she was like, this guy mumbles every single word that he says. And then somebody else that knew her was like, you can't hear shit. Like, like, because I, I like went through the clip several times being like, am I mumbling a lot while I talk? So funny. And then, yeah, it was like her daughter or her niece or somebody that knew her was like, oh. you, can, you can't hear shit. Like, don't criticize God. the community. But I, I spent at least a half an hour reviewing my my diction. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, so anyway, Michelle, yes, I'm going to say that's OK. What do you what do you think? I I'm one of the most polite people on the planet. And I think that that's OK just because it's hilarious. And it's funny. Yeah, my my view on things is like you can be mean if as long as whatever you're doing or saying is funnier than it is mean. And I think that's, that's funnier than it is mean. That's the key. That's key. All right, let's roll the second call. Hey, Matt Bronger, it's me. Uh, I guess you don't know me and I probably shouldn't say my name, but I know no. you love to drink, you know after listening to a bunch of your specials and people you've talked to on your podcast about it. Sure. Uh, it was, it's been great. All I have to say is I drink a lot also, and I want you to let me know if what I drink is uh, excessive. So I buy a 30 pack of beer quite regularly because I do drink beer every day, uh, at least five or six beers a night. Last Saturday, I think I had okay. 15 beers, just Coors Light, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's Coors Light. As somebody in my, in a YouTube comment once said, it's a Yankee beer. You can't be, yeah, never mind. Okay. Um, so yeah, just 15, <laughs> 15 on a Saturday night seems like a lot, but it's not compared to my friend who had a 30 pack in one night. That's honest God truth. But yeah, we just love beer. My family, it's in my family, you know. Maybe I'm Irish in my ancestry. I don't know about those in my past. But anyway, six, seven beers a night, it's probably a lot. But, you know, I have a house and a mortgage and I go to work every day and I, I'm responsible and I take care of myself. I live alone and I do what I got to do, you know, trying to keep the lawn green. It's 105 degrees outside. So I feel like I'm pretty busy. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, I know you like beer. I'm sorry. To, this isn't too brief, but thank you. And okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> just hang up. <laughs> you could tell that, like, like, like his chin hit the red dot on the iPhone, yeah, and, he like, and he was like, hey, oh, "All right, that conversation is done." Doesn't even know if it recorded. Uh, that was his seventh beer. Um, yeah, dude, that's too much. I don't want to judge, but uh, I would cut it in half if you can. Uh, space it out. You know, I, I feel like you're kind of living to drink rather than drinking to live. I, I, I'm, I've drank more than a lot of people, and I still do, but not like I used to. I still have my nights where I kind of go a little, little bit crazy. But you, the thing I've learned is, it's just like if you, for, first off, try integrate regular exercise into your life that's what i always say that's what helped me uh because it made you know my me sweat out the toxins more and realize oh i'm just drinking toxins okay mm -hmm. I should probably uh limit that a little bit i'll feel better and you know you kind of just if you're kind of it, it's really fun in your 20s to kind of and, and chase the dragon in the college years and stuff and just fucking go 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 and pass out and then wake up and you know do it again the next weekend but it's just like the older you get, the more you do it, the harder it is to break out of that. And then you have a, then you have a problem. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you do, uh, that's only up to you to say, um, but it's by the numbers. Yeah. Even though it's Coors Light, that's still a large amount and a large amount of, even though it's light, your calories. So mm -hmm. I think you cut that in half. You're going to have a lot better time, man. 
You know, yeah. that's that's my diagnosis. What do you what do you what do you think, dude? I um I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I say be a man, Double switch it. to whiskey and cocaine. Like like have you heard of Johnny Cash? Like uh like you just need to go with more hardcore substances and, and burn um, out and just stop. <laughs> just really burn out and stop. I honestly like I used to be a big big beer drinker. I still, you know, I had two beers yesterday after I went surfing with my neighbor. Um, but beers are really like like I could I could actually see how you could have 15 beers in a night because like I I can drink a crazy amount of whiskey at this point to the point where I'm totally still sober. I've just been sipping on it. So now when I drink a beer, it's like having a Sprite. So uh, yeah. do you want to keep drinking Sprite, buddy? You got to switch <laughs> to whiskey like a man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I mean, like I when I say this, like. I, I've been I've been going through a breakup, so I uh, you know I've been I've been drinking way more than I normally would. Uh, and by the way, I used to work in advertising. I worked for Michelob, and they actually had a term for this guy. Uh, they call this type of a guy a volume drinker, sure. a guy that drinks for volume. Uh, you know, because he wants to get buzzed. He also likes to keep a beer in his hand. He socially sips. He might even like nervously sip not to call it nervous, but like, like, Hey, this is kind of what I do. It's kind of like a cigarette. It gives you something to do with your hands. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I I do agree with you that he probably should cut back. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a couple friends, uh, you know, who have had cirrhosis of the liver from drinking way too much. And, uh, if I can give him like a motivational factor that I think that he could dial into emotionally being someone who loves to drink. And I know that he loves to drink and you love to drink. Um, you want to be able to drink when you're in your sixties, man. So if yeah. you keep, if you keep blowing it out like this, you're not, yeah. you're going to have to be the guy at the wedding. That's like, Oh, I wish I could have a drink, but I can't. And so I can't, I can't join the champagne toast. Yes, you can't join the champagne toast. So you got to you got to figure out a way to dial it back now so that you can have fun in the future with it. Yeah. And like, I mean, the last thing I'll say is like, look, man, maybe you want to be alone. Maybe that's your thing. But I think there's there's more to life and it might be OK to kind of have a little bit more of a, I don't know, a, a connection with someone that could lead to something romantic because it I mean, fuck it, man, it, it is better. I think if you, if you do to, to, to at least experience that, mm -hmm. you know, to, to have somebody that you're, that you're with and, and building with. And it's like, I mean, I dude, I know you're, you're, you're single again, but I feel like you've been with a couple people. You've probably yeah. been in a couple solid relationships and it's kind of like, and it's like, I'm not going to say that one's necessarily, I just said better, but I just say speaking for myself mm -hmm. it, it is, I was, I was, I was alone a long, long time. And this, my wife is the first, first person I've lived with that I was romantically attached to, which is insane. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, everything kind of fell into place uh, uh, that way. But, you know, caller, you didn't mention if you were uh, with anyone, but it, I just got the vibe you were single. And yeah. He said that he lives alone in his house and yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, I totally get that. I now live alone in a house and sure. um, I, you know, I've, I, I've had a couple nights where I, I pour myself a tumbler of whiskey and I watch television, uh, but otherwise I'm drinking with neighbors. But yeah, you, you know, when you're drinking alone like that, it doesn't necessarily feel that great. Uh, the yeah. one thing that I will caution him is because he is a volume drinker, if he does want to dial back, like you actually do have to kind of taper back, uh, which... Uh, so like if you had seven beers today or yesterday, have six beers today and then five beers the next day and then get it down to two or three because uh, you will. I mean, you're going to get the shakes, man, and you're going to uh, there's actually like potential like serious health things that can happen if you quit cold turkey when you're at that high of a volume alcohol wise. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I think back have physical withdrawal. There were it's sad, but there was a guy who I knew when we were little kids and I didn't know him growing up, but I had very close friends who were still close with him. And evidently he would drink about a case of beer a night. And you know, his, he, he, his mom finally got him to go to the doctor. The doctor was like, holy shit, you, you're going to kill yourself. And he didn't, he, 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 he didn't taper. 
mm-hmm. and he stopped and he had a he had a, a seizure so bad that I think it killed him. Yeah. So not that this will happen to this caller, you know, 15, 15 on a Saturday and six a night. That's different than drinking 24 beers a day, um, which is what this guy was drinking. But yeah, I think that's that's really that's good advice on tapering. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't mean go from seven beers to two or even, you know, three. Like, you know, kind of. Yeah, taper down and uh, make sure your town has Uber. That's another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy definitely yeah. should not be driving <laughs> if that's his, no. his nightly thing. But uh, again, not judging you, just giving you advice uh, from a place of a dude that's been there, man. Yeah, yeah I get it's, it. I think I think he he called the he called the right episode. Mm-hmm. You know? He really did. Couple he really of, did. Couple of couple of uh, uh, porch dad types. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we really are. Here's how you solve that. Uh, okay, so hope that helps, man. And uh, uh, call back. Let us know how it's going. Uh, all right, uh, last call. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, roll it. Hey, Matt. So my question is. I am facing possibly losing my job and that's just going to kind of fuck up everything in my life. You know, trying to get married, trying to buy a house. How do I maintain composure when I do eventually get told, Hey, sorry, we got to let you go. Um, you know, and not letting that affect me then trying to find a new job. Uh, love the podcast. Uh, hope you all having a good day. Thanks. Bye. Oh man. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I, I had a job in advertising that uh, I didn't even get let go from the job. But when I went in to talk to my boss about, uh, I uh, giving my notice, I felt so emotional about it that I'd cried. I cried in my boss's office. And I think, especially as a guy, uh, we're, you know, we're really taught to shove down our emotions and not show people how we're feeling. And so I think that's the real fear yeah. of that moment, right? Is like, not like, will I go nuts yeah. and tip over his desk? The fear is like, am I going to cry in my boss's office? And uh, my thing is, I would say, just like, let yourself do whatever you're going to do in that moment. Uh, you know, aside yeah. from like, like seeing it happening that day and taking a medication like propranolol that will shut down your emotions um you know like like i would just i would just know that it sucks like it sucks to be let go from a job it sucks to go from one chapter of your life to another one it really sucks to feel like you're letting down your life and uh, and having that uncertainty in, in in your future uh so i would say man dude in that moment uh, if the big boss and the brass at your company are going to fire you and do something that shitty to you, make them watch you cry yeah. <laughs> or, or at least have that in the back of your head that like, all right, uh, you're going to go through something too in yeah. this meeting. Sure. Uh, and, 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 you know, in the grand scheme, I mean, I think people think of, of the, your, your, a trajectory has got to be from here to here, you know, it's not, it's a series of peaks and valleys all the time. Uh, you're going to have high points. You're going to have low points. You getting fired now, no matter what your age is, is not a failure. Um, it's just, it's, it's a transition. You're going to be doing something else at some point and you're not there yet. So just deal with this, no matter what happens, just deal with it. And yeah, if you get emotional feeling that that's a, Hemingway said it. Ernest Hemingway said it. When it hurts enough, you cry. He was like, I was wounded in the, in, the, in the Spanish War, and I didn't cry. But every time I got a rejection for a writing submission, I cried like a baby. You know? It's like, it's just pain makes you cry. And emotional pain, I feel like, generally speaking, hurts men very badly because we were never taught to deal with ours. Yeah, we're taught that, you know, you gotta be a strong man and, and, and have a great job or you're, or you're worthless and that's bullshit. So just, this is just a transitionatory period and, and that's it. Whatever happens, you just gotta steer on through. It's gonna hurt, but yeah. that's okay. And also there's, there's kind of never been a better time to lose your job in history, yeah. ego wise, uh, because like everything that happens now, even even in June of 2021, you can just go, yeah, man, COVID. 
Like, like I, I just went through a breakup and like, normally you'd have to explain like, well, it was this and it was that people would be, yeah. I'd be like, dude, COVID was hard on us, man. It was yeah. like really hard and people will accept that, that thing. So, you know, and, and the, the other thing that I'll say is you know, this person who uh, you're either engaged to now, or you hope to be engaged to, this is going to be one of those moments where you kind of test her metal a little bit. And, and yeah. if she is truly the one then she is going to weather this storm with you and you're going to see how she reacts. So I would say yeah. be totally honest with her, be vulnerable with her mm -hmm. and, and just see how she reacts. Cause so many guys, we talk to our buddies or our dad and we're like, Oh my God, she's amazing, man. And it's like, is she, is she really amazing? <laughs> or are you projecting that onto her because she blew you last night? You know, like, 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 let's yeah. let's find out how amazing she is let's find yeah. out if you should have kids with her and you should be in the foxhole with her yeah. uh, throughout life like like consider this a, an opportunity that you can find all that stuff out and yeah. you know and you're gonna get another job and also like I know that you probably can't go blow money right now, but like take this time to like yeah. have a little bit of a, a vacation, you know, a little bit of a, an emotional rum springer for yourself where you can retool because you're going to have another job and you're going to yeah. be working your ass off again soon. So like, just kind of take it for what it is. What one thing I love doing on the road that I, I feel so grateful that we have our days typically, mm -hmm. you know, with the exception of our favorite thing, morning radio. <laughs> um, is is the fact that we can go to a, a quirky part of town find a great coffee shop get a great cup of coffee and like a donut it's like mm -hmm. call or do that take a whole morning to yourself if your lady's free take her and, and you're like wow i'm really glad i don't have a fucking job right now you know mm -hmm. like have that that that'll cost you like seven dollars you mm -hmm. know maybe you don't do it every day maybe you typically just drink coffee at home and you make your own breakfast save money but like splurge have a have a have a, a cheap delicious breakfast somewhere and just enjoy the morning it's amazing mm -hmm. you know do 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 little things for yourself to make yourself you know feel better i i i mean when we when i was a waiter and someone quit or got fired and had to go work somewhere else we'd go congrats you graduated <laughs> like no 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 job no job is 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 like that fantastic that like you were the guy who was going to cure cancer and they fired you. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like there's there's going to be something better or at least different to give you some perspective. So, yeah, you know. and you you also never want to be the guy that didn't get fired. Right. Like I, I've been at companies before where there were a ton of layoffs and then I was the guy that didn't get laid off and then I got to do all those people's jobs and then I'm just like. I'm basically just sitting on the half wrecked ship waiting for the <laughs> next round to happen. It, it's terrible. So like yeah. if you do get laid off, you, you know, you get unemployment, you get all that kind of stuff. Uh, just know that it's better than being back at that sinking ship. Yes. Correct. Correct. And so. when it comes to your fiance or girlfriend, I want to give you one more piece of advice. Like the, like men find all sorts of things attractive about women and we know what they are. But the, the one thing that women feel attracted to in men is purpose. Like, like, mm. is he, does he have a purpose? Is he fulfilling his purpose? And that doesn't, your purpose isn't necessarily your job. Like your, right. your purpose could be like helping people or, um, you know, building stuff or doing whatever. So when it comes to your, this woman in your life, if you're like, man, I don't think she's going to be attracted to me because I don't have a job think about what your purpose in life is yeah. and do those things while you're unemployed. Like if your purpose right. in life is to build stuff, literally go build a flower planter box outside of your house uh, one afternoon. And she's going to be yeah. like, dude, he just like, she's going to be so turned on by you, even though yeah. you don't have income. It's, it's that's like a great a weird thing. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. Play to your strengths, man, whatever they might be. So hope that helps. Dude, this was awesome. This was so awesome. I'm so, so happy fun. that we're friends now. I can't yeah. wait now that we're coming out of COVID to hang out with you in person. Exactly. Uh, exactly. This, this is so, at the store so again, man, and the, and the, and the improv. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we I, go? 
Yeah, my special Tall, Dark, and Pleasant comes out on Showtime July 9th. Uh, please uh, subscribe to Showtime. Tell a friend. Uh, tell an enemy. I don't care. Like, Just tell sure. somebody random on the street. Uh, if you're walking past them, be like, hey, Pete Lee, Tall, Dark, and Pleasant, July 9th. Just check it nice. out. Uh, also my Instagram, uh, my Instagram and my TikTok. I'm not Pete Lee on it. I'm at Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee. So it's my name nice. three times in a row, uh, and go on there and, and stuff, but you please watch my special. I'm begging you. <laughs> awesome. And I'm begging you too, mighties. That's what we call the people that listen to the podcast. So, the mighties. The mighties. So check out, check out Pete Lee's special tall, dark, and pleasant. So, dude, thank you so much. This was a fucking joy. This dude, thank you. You're awesome, man. You I'm glad to be friends with you now. We're friends, yes, by the way. I'm just letting you know that we, we are official friends. We're friends now. No question. <laughs> no question. Oh, holy crap. That was a blast. Love, Pete. If you want to ask for advice, leave a message at 323-763-0228. 323-763-0228. Thanks a lot. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me. Matt Bronger, produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.